We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Tuesday Roto-Wire Daily Fantasy Podcast brought to you by FanDuel, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. I'm Jake Letarski, joined today by John McKechnie. If you're out there on Twitter, you can give John a follow at Johnny McKex. You can give me a follow at jakeski 52 here. Apologies for the lack of intro music today, a little bit of a technical difficulty. But moving on, John, to get things going today, uh, biggest news this week has been the Chris Sale five-game suspension. Took a scissors, cut up the team's throwback jerseys in his dugout. We asked this to our XM listeners earlier in the week here, but i got to ask you, what is the worst uniform that you know of that you would cut up with a scissors, Chris Sale style, if given the opportunity? Well, I think we can both kind of agree that, that the Steelers Bumblebee ones are, are some of the most uh, just visually appalling jerseys atrocious. that we've ever seen. Absolutely atrocious. Um, but I think there are some other ones out there that uh, maybe don't get enough hate, and I think I'd like to bring those up. Uh, a few years back, this is like Josh McDaniels era with the Broncos, those brown and yellow mustard and chocolate type joints that they had going on with the, with the uh, vertical stripes on the socks that look just ridiculous, especially after a player gets tackled, they get messed up, they're not, they're, it just looks all warped. Those are some of the worst jerseys I've ever seen. And uh, pretty much any of the color rush jerseys uh, look bad, and especially a lot of the time in tandem, it just makes it all look a lot worse. Like the Rams-Bucks game was just like hard to watch last year, and then obviously you had the debacle with the Bills and the um, Jets, and then having people with the red-green color blindness, yeah, yep, not being able to see it. So, yeah, any of those color rush things can, mm-hmm. can just go away. Yeah, right on. I mean, I'm going to go on record and say that NBA, any NBA team that thinks it's a good idea to put sleeves on their jerseys, I would probably go ahead and cut those off as well here. Indeed. That's going to be my choice here. But we've got to touch on NFL and NBA. But, uh, of course, this is the Daily Fantasy Baseball podcast here, uh, getting you ready for the Tuesday slate of games on FanDuel. There's 16 games today because a doubleheader between the Mets and the Cardinals gets going early in the day. But the 15-game slate is uh, at night here, so a lot of options to choose from here. 
Looking over to the pitching slate, we'll get started out there thinking about cash game pitchers, safe options here. The top tier features Danny Salazar, Felix Hernandez, and Steven Wright here. Salazar checks in as the highest price pitcher at 10100 here. And then uh, the, the next two after that, we got Felix at 99 Steven Wright at 97 Then there's a bit of a drop-off. When it comes to your cash games tonight where you generally want to be safe, John, are you looking towards that top tier? Or are you going to take a skip down a step here just to uh, maybe try and save some money for hitters? You see, the problem with, to me with uh, some of those uh, – some of those higher priced options is their matchups. You know, Stephen Wright, he is going at home, but you know the the Tigers are are the kind of team that can you know put them out. They have a pretty uh, stacked lineup a lot of the time. So I'm going to go and I'm going to choose a guy that is going against a stacked lineup as well. But I like his odds tonight. I'm going to go with Chris Tillman at nine thousand going at home against the Rockies. And I know generally it's not a great idea going against the Rockies, but the kind of dirty little secret that people aren't bringing up quite enough is that the Rockies have the third way, third worst team weighted on base of uh, in baseball on the road. So they really do struggle away from Coors Field as a team. I know some players have pretty even splits home and road, but as a team, really not as good uh, away from Coors Field. And then on the other hand, Tillman's 8-0 at home this year, striking out about a batter per inning uh, while at Camden, and he's got a 3-2-3 ERA at Camden Yards as well. I really like his win probability tonight uh, moving forward with it because he's uh, Baltimore's at a uh, minus 183 tonight, one of the bigger favorites on the slate. And I think some of that comes from uh, who will be opposing Chris Tillman and, and Chad Bettis tonight, mm-hmm. who has a 518 ERA on the road. And I think the Orioles are going to be able to get to him. So Tillman's going to have that run support, and I think he's going to be able to, to get the win tonight. I know that like it, generally the, the book on him is that he's not a high strikeout pitcher, but like I said earlier, he is striking out about a batter per inning at home. So I, I like all those factors combined. I think he's actually a little bit safer than you might think uh, tonight. Yeah, I do like the win probability there. It seems to make a lot of sense. I think there'll be a lot of runs scored in that game. I mean, the over-unders getting up there. I believe it's nine and a half last time I looked, so something along those lines. Uh, just a heads up to our listeners, that's coming from the man wearing a 2014 AL East Orioles champion shirt. Not to discount the analysis. <laughs> I Actually, I'm right there with you here as far as Rockies on the road and how good Tillman is at home. That kind of thing can't be ignored. So I definitely do like him if you're thinking of uh, using a middle-tier pitcher. Actually, for my cash games, though, uh, I'm going to drop down to really the third or fourth tier of pitchers. Normally, that's reserved for tournaments, but I think that fantasy owners can find a really profitable day using Marcus Stroman of the Blue Jays here against the Padres and Andrew Kashner. Now, you got the home pitcher, number one, Vegas, you talk win probability. Vegas loves the Jays, minus 240 as of earlier this afternoon. And then you got Stroman, who has his ups and downs, but he's really starting to get back on track. In two of his last three games, he's had 51 and 48 fantasy points. You know, you got to toss out an 11-point outing against the A's in there. But other than that, he's been getting back on track lately. And then you've got the Padres with the second-highest strikeout percentage in the last 30 days, 26%. And, I mean, the Padres, really they did just ship Melvin Upton to the Blue Jays. Ironically Mm -hmm. enough, we've got the this game going tonight convenient yeah exactly but you know i don't know if melvin upton leaving helps or hurts the strikeout rate it's a little bit uh it's a little bit up for determination there but uh definitely one less i guess offensive threat i mean upton's had a pretty good season i gotta give credit where credit is due of course good enough to get himself traded which no one really thought of at first here so you got the padres down one of the better bats in their lineup i mean they still have got kemp and norris and those bats but I mean, there's a lot of uh, there's there's just a lot to like about Stroman. The big, the only downside to using Stroman, 
is I think all these factors are going to add up to really, really high ownership percentage tonight. He's going to be owned all over the place. You're going to have to set yourself apart with some bats if you want to jump on top in those GPPs. But, hey, we're cash games tonight. This is a cash game convo, and I think Stroman uh, really hits – really hits it home with everything tonight uh, a couple more interesting stats i want to throw out not necessarily our cash game picks here but john john's got a good note on geo yeah geo gonzalez uh he is he has a career five and oh mark against the indians with a 0.81 era that's a 0.81 era that's ridiculous and seven career starts against the tribe uh according to uh, kyle brostowitz uh the 0.81 era is the worst or, or the best mlb uh, ERA or best ERA in MLB history against one single opponent with a, a minimum of seven starts. So that's you know that's something uh, definitely working in Geo's favor. But at the same time, you got to kind of decide for yourself: Does the Geo of old look like the Geo of this year? To me, my answer is no. But I think that those kind of uh, kind of staggering career statistics at least make me consider them. Yeah, and then of course you have the roster turnover with the Indians a little bit. Definitely not the same Cleveland Indians team yes, that he's been with in the past. So I mean, Geo did face an Indians team with a uh, healthy Michael Brantley in a lot of those starts. You have to imagine. So there's that too. Of course, Kyle Brostowich, the baseball communications for the Washington Nationals, pulled that off of Twitter this morning. Just thought it was interesting. Probably share with our users. Also, when you talk about hot pitcher matchup stats. King Felix has limited the Pirates, not not a huge sample size, but limited Pirates hitters to a 479 OPS over 109 lifetime at bats. So you want to talk about cold batter matchups of the day. Right. I wouldn't be investing too heavily in the Pirates here against Felix Hernandez, regardless of what Felix has been able to do lately. I mean, his game log's decent. And, I mean, his la- he has 29 points combined in his last two starts, so not necessarily something that jumps out, screams, use King Felix tonight. But I think there's... There's a chance that there could be profitable. I just don't like his $9,900 price tag. That's a little too risky for me. But let's move on on move on over to hitters, John. We've got a couple of decent catcher picks. Uh, I think you're with me in thinking that the top tier of catchers isn't the most attractive tonight. Um, who are you looking at then, if, if that's the case? Uh, I'm going to go with Wellington Castillo of the Diamondbacks going against the Brewers. I really like the matchup here uh, going against Garza. And Garza is starting to come back to earth a little bit. Uh, his ERA over his last four starts is uh, north of eight, and uh, his whip is just under two in that stretch. Uh, Miller Park, obviously a hitter's type of park. Uh, and I think something that to consider with Castillo is that uh, when, he, when he's hot, it's, he, that's when uh, all of his production comes. Like It, it does tend to kind of come in bunches. Uh, so he did homer over the weekend, and I think he, he'll have the chance to do so again. Um, and then, you know, kind of hearkening back to what you're saying about how this uh, catcher slate uh, sets up, I think it's just strange to me that uh, a guy like Castillo is priced under under a guy like Anthony Recker or a guy like uh, uh, Tony Walters, for, who, I mean, kind of barely hits his own uh, body weight. And Walters is, is priced at 3400 tonight. I think that that's kind of a trap. So Castillo at 3000 I think, has the nice combination of being bargain price with a lot of upside as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Castillo, I think I think that Brewers game, Brewers-Diamondbacks, the over-under is pretty high. It's another 9.5 over-under of the day. So you're going to want to find yourself a share, and Castillo's a cheaper way to do it. I said I didn't like the top tier. I couldn't argue too much with Posey nonetheless. What I mostly don't like is his price tag at 3900 sure. But But uh, the matchup against lefty Cody Reed in Cincinnati is quite intriguing enough. It's good to go. But 
in most cases here, now if you use a cheap pitcher like Stroman or someone below that, you might not have to do this, but I like to skip over the top tier altogether and go with a $2,100 Travis Darno against Jaime Garcia. I think that's a solid GPP play, and it can help you afford, hint, hint for the future here, maybe a Boston Red Sox stack mm-hmm. against Pelfrey because those Boston bats aren't cheap, but if you do a Stars and Scrubs lineup, you might be able to work yourself Poppy, Bats, Bradley, and, and those kind of players here. So uh, Travis Darno, I think, is a good way to do that with the platoon matchup there here. What about first base, though, John? First base is a position today that looks to be super top-heavy to me. I think I'm going to shell out for first baseman, if at all possible. But uh, if you do have a value or you do need some value, where are you looking? Uh, real quick, before I get into my first base pick, also just good to point out that with Darno, uh, the Mets do have that doubleheader. you got to make sure that Darno is catching the night game. Oh, but, yeah, good point, good point. I totally forgot about that one. Uh, thank you for mentioning that, John. I'll actually check the lineup here. Um, now, and it looks like Rene Rivera caught the morning game, so I'm pretty sure All that right. means Darno will be catching the night game. Good find, John. There we go. That makes me feel even better about it. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to consider him as a cheaper uh, punt play catcher. But for first base, you know, definitely dig what you're saying about, you know, paying up for your first base. I mean, that's, you know, where, where a lot of the big-time bats are. But if you're going to go a little bit uh, towards the 3,000 mark, I, I like Chris Carter a lot at 3,300. Uh, you know, obviously friendly confines of Miller Park, like I mentioned uh, with Castillo. Uh, Carter slugs 592 with 16 home runs at home this year. Gets to face a lefty in Patrick Corbin, who's been extremely friendly to right-handed hitters this year, allowing a 288 batting average against with uh, for right-handers, uh, 15 home runs surrendered to right-handed bats. So Carter isn't a guy that you that you're betting on to string a bunch of hits together per se, but you just you just know that he needs to get a hold of one, and he definitely has that ability, uh, especially in Miller Park. So I think Corbin's gonna you know maybe let some guys on base ahead of Carter. I think Carter is gonna be able to take advantage of that. I think he is gonna be able to run into one tonight. So at 3,300, I think he is gonna be able to kind of return uh, or even uh, give you some profit on on your investment there at 3,300. Yeah, given the platoon split here and, and everything else, I would almost put Carter ahead of the guy on the opposite side, Paul Goldschmidt, in tonight's first base rankings, uh, just because I think hopefully Garza, the veteran, and the Brewers are smart enough to know that. Probably shouldn't give give Goldschmidt anything to pitch. I right. mean, he had three singles in the opener of the series, so they at least limited the damage here. So they came after him, but yeah, in this case, I think Chris Carter has a little bit more upside and saves you almost a grand in terms of pricing. Exactly, so, absolutely good there. I mentioned pricey first baseman though if you go around the internet look at any free site you're going to see anthony rizzo as the top projected player period but you have to shell out a fifty one hundred dollar price tag for rizzo i do like the lefty righty matchup against james shields who's very home run prone so i can't argue rizzo too much if you have the money you could think about it but if you have the money i'm actually going to save 200 and go over to big poppy david ortiz i feel like lefty at home in the middle of that Boston lineup, which has pretty much the best weighted on base percentage of late over the last couple weeks here, you need a piece of the Red Sox against Mike Palfrey one way or another. I'll give you some other options to do that if you completely disagree with me, but I think Big Poppy has got to be uh, one of my locks of the day. I'm going to go ahead and use him just during his uh, his victory lap here. I think he's going to be all, I'm all over Poppy tonight here. Uh, but let's move to the Keystone, John, here. Second base, uh, who are you looking at in that department? I'm going with kind of, you know, an old plow horse here. I'm going with Chase Utley at 3,000, going against Chris Archer. Obviously, Archer has kind of regenerated some buzz, and there's been actually some buzz about, you know, sort of like how we saw Upton 
playing in a series against the Blue Jays. Now he's on the Blue Jays. I think some people think that Archer might end up being on the Dodgers at some point here in the near future. But Utley's going to get to face him. It's a lefty-righty thing. Utley's going to be leading off. Uh, he has a 276 average against right-handers uh, this year, and on base of uh, 361. He's riding a four-game hit streak, uh, and he only has one goose egg on FanDuel in, the, in his last 10 games. So, I mean, Utley doesn't give you like a staggering amount of upside, but you feel pretty confident that uh, he's going to be able to give you at least something. And at, at just 3,000, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a punt, but I think uh, all those factors combined with, you know, with who's going to be hitting behind him, I think Utley definitely has a chance to to get on base a couple times, come around and score against Archer, because uh, you know there's no guarantee that Archer's going to be as crisp as he was against the Rockies last week. So mm-hmm. I'm going with Utley here at three K. Yeah, I can definitely see where you're coming from there. I think uh, if you have the money, which because the pitching slate is a very good chance you do, I think you need to consider Jose Altuve at second base, thirty nine hundred, one of the top projected players overall on the slate, and you get him for under four grand, which is a nice steal going up against CC Sabathia and the Yankees here. Otherwise, if you need a punt play, and that's only if you're fading Marcus Stroman, uh, Shrimp at 2200 for the Padres, I mean, that's, a, that's an easy play. I think his price is back to the floor after an 0 for yesterday, but he's been playing well enough to get into that lineup consistently, and as long as he's back in the lineup tonight, I think that makes a fairly decent punt play. I mean, hey, if you use Darno and Shrimp tonight, then you're locking in Big Poppy, Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, like all over the, you know, even Donaldson if you wanted. I think right. he's the highest priced third baseman here, so there's a lot to like about that. Speaking of third baseman, though, who are you digging at the hot corner tonight? I'm going to go with Travis Shaw uh, of Boston at 3,500, going against Mike Pelfrey. You know, this has been something that we've been alluding to for a lot of the show. We really like all those Red Sox bats just in general, but especially when you get a guy like Mike Pelfrey uh, trying to pitch around you in Fenway Park, I think that there's a lot. You need to get some serious exposure to this game. Uh, and Shaw's a, a relatively cheap way of doing so that you actually would feel good about. You know, like, you know, I suppose you could you could go for Hannigan or, or Leon, uh, one of their really cheaper bats. But I think Sh- Shaw at 3,500, you really like his upside and how it matches up with that price tag. He's got a 490 slugging and a 354 on base against righties this season. His home OPS is just under 900. Uh, Pelfrey somehow has better road numbers than he does at home by a good margin. But there are warning signs that he's pretty much due for a meltdown. He's got 32 walks against just 25 strikeouts and 56 innings pitched on the road this year. His overall FIP is north of five. I mean, so I think he's going to get lit up tonight, absolutely. Uh, there's not a whole lot of doubt in my mind. I think Shaw is, is a guy that can uh, string together a couple extra base hits tonight and take advantage of the matchup. Uh, and then I think everyone else around him getting on base too. It just, I mean, it just makes it all the mo- all the more better. So thirty five hundred for Travis Shaw, I like it. Yeah, he's pretty much a, a, a very solid component of of any Red Sox stack that you do. You got to like what you're getting there. Uh, the other third baseman, the top guy that jumped out at me, Manny Machado at thirty nine hundred. Like you know how I said Altuve, he's under four grand. Jump on it. I kind of think of the same thing with Manny Machado. True. So third base, if you can afford Manny Machado against Bettis and the Rockies. Go for it. I, I'd be all over that. If you do need a value play at third base, not typically a place where you want to skimp on salary, but if you do want a value, I don't mind Jose Reyes against Jaime Garcia. So there's something to like there. He's only 2,500, so gives you a lot more flexibility there with your lineup. Uh, looking at shortstop, it looks like we highlighted the same player today, John. Uh, I'll let you kick it off. Who are you liking at short? Uh, I like Carlos Correa. You know, like we mentioned earlier, going against CC Sabathia, who 
predictably has kind of come back down to earth after a really strong start to the season. In May, he was he was one of the better pitchers in baseball by the numbers, at least. Uh, but now he, now he's more he's thrown more like you'd expect. He's al- allowed five earned in each of his last two road starts, and I think he does it again tonight against mm-hmm. that Astros lineup that's just so potent. And it, you know, for all the really pricey, pricey, you know, five thousand plus bats uh, going tonight, correct for Correa to only be thirty four hundred at sort of a thin position. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, I mean, that is just too good to pass up in my opinion what do you think about him yeah that's I mean I think that's the way to go as well if you need a value play quote unquote I'll maybe turn to Oledmus Diaz at 2700 against Bartolo Colon Mm -hmm. Uh, something to possibly look at again watch that doubleheader makes it important as ever to do lineups but uh, I think this is a slate where you can pay up for someone like Correa and I think him against CC is good news I would actually I don't mind doing a a mini stack a Correa Altuve stack because you can use a Correa Altuve stack and then you can also do Big Poppy, Travis Shaw, and one of the outfielders I really like, which is uh, Jackie Bradley. So you can do multiple mini stacks in your lineup, try and really cash in here. Uh, but Jackie Bradley, 3000 If you don't get any exposure against Pelfrey, if you think we're full of it and don't want to use Big Poppy or Travis Shaw or, or anybody else that we mentioned, you still want some exposure to this game because the over-under is quite large. Uh, actually, the biggest on the slate, 11. And that's it's not even a Coors Field game and the over-under is 11 there. So if you can't afford or you want to use say you want to use Salazar tonight and you don't want to touch Poppy or Shaw or Hanram or any of those other guys uh, Jackie Bradley at 3000 is uh, someone that makes it a cheap affordable way to get yourself some exposure to that game uh, what about you John you got a few interesting outfielders listed down here you want to throw out a couple plays there yeah I'm gonna g- I got one expensive one and then a couple uh, guys on the cheaper end of the spectrum uh, that aren't that aren't necessarily like the the kind of scrubs that you're just kind of punting on I'm gonna go with Nelson Cruz first of all 4100 against Liriano so you know facing a lefty uh, and he's on the road so anytime you can get uh, a Mariners p- power hitter with the platoon advantage away from Safeco field I like it a lot I mean he's got a 307 average with a 1.06. OPS and 12 home runs against left-handers this season. 16 of his home runs have come come away from Safeco Field. Uh, so I know he's a little bit expensive, but I, I like the odds here tonight. And then uh, dropping down a little bit further, I got Mark Trumbo just at 3,200. You, you know, some sometimes you just need to look at the at the slate, look at the options, and then just kind of use Occam's razor. Like for instance, Nolan Reimold is more expensive than Mark Trumbo. Why? Why? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's no reason for that. I mean, well. aside from Reimold's kind of heroics on Sunday, which I, I very much appreciate, uh, he was lost at the dish before that, and he was like, oh, for his last 16. So for, for don't fall for that trap. Look, you know, don't don't overthink things like this. You know, Trumbo's going to be going against Bettis. Trumbo has awesome no, uh, numbers at home, and he's still just only uh, at 3,200. 21 of his home runs have come against righties. Uh, I like that a lot. And then uh, following that up, Matt Holliday at 3,100 going against Bartolo Colon. Again, another another thing where you'll need to check the lineup, make sure that Holliday is in. But if he is, and I imagine he will be, uh, he's 7 for 16 lifetime against Bart with a couple of doubles. And, you know, we're huge fans of Bart, but he's starting to look like a 43-year-old pitcher with a lot of innings in, on his arm. It, uh, would would you'd imagine to look like? Uh, so I think Holiday. He's bad at home, but he's really good on the road. Actually, he's got a three twelve average, nine sixty six OPS, and ten home runs uh, away from Bush Stadium. So 
all that plus the price tag of just thirty one hundred. Get some exposure to Bart. I think that that's definitely a, a smart play that maybe a little bit overlooked tonight. I think the cards are going to be able to get to Bart, and I think Holiday's going to be hitting in a really nice uh, part of that lineup. So with all that, uh, I like Holiday a lot. Yeah, for the record, without a doubt, Bartolo Colon represents the sexiest fathead in all of our Rotowire office. We've got a lot of them, but Bartolo Colon absolutely takes the cake there. He's right. He, he's he's located right kind of next to a hallway, so you can kind of tap him right right yep. as you head back to go get some coffee. <laughs> just you know, so for some motivation for the day. So yeah, you got to love uh, Bartolo Colon, but at the same time. Matt Holiday, I mentioned Aladdin Mestias earlier. You might want to consider using a few Cardinals, especially if you need some salary relief. Uh, before we move on to tourney pitchers, though, I want to throw out a couple uh, outfield options here. Um, first, all, first of all, the batter versus pitcher matchup of the day, I think it's got to be Nick Marcakis at 3,200. Uh, he, he goes up against Servant Santana here, and against Santana, he's 12 for 40 with three home runs. So pretty decent home run probability there from a guy who normally doesn't do a lot of power. And uh, we talked about Melvin Upton, you know, getting traded earlier in the day. Another hot name on the trading block here is Josh Reddick of the A's. He sits at only 2,900 today, and he's a good 6 for 12 against Nick Martinez, and he's playing to get shipped to a contender. So you got to like using Josh Reddick today. Yet I don't think you can go wrong there. Well, MLB season is currently going on, and that means Daily Fantasy Baseball continues to be in full swing. Go to FanDuel.com to play now. Building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back tonight and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1, so anyone can play, whether you've been playing for for years or whether you're just starting on tonight i mean go ahead and enter the mlb bunt for a dollar there's fifteen thousand entries in that contest you can turn a buck into a grand uh, not a bad uh, not a bad choice there at all but uh before we move to our tourney place here say it's your first time on FanDuel, making a couple of lineups i think we can both agree on the one player that needs to be in every one i'll let you say it though john uh mr david ortiz mr big poppy himself i think yep. tonight uh you know we, we talked about Rizzo, and, and we love the, the platoon advantage. But oddly enough, Shields it hasn't been terrible lately. Like mm-hmm. he, He's been uh, less horrible than, than Mike Pelfrey, for example. So, you know, if you're, if you're choosing between the two of them, it's odd to say that you're a little more worried, worried about Rizzo versus Shields than you are against Poppy versus Mike Pelfrey. But I think Poppy is just going to be able to, to crush uh, Mike Pelfrey tonight. Yeah, Shields' ERA is right around five, but that's actually pretty good considering where he started yeah, at since like he got eight, traded nine. there. It was, it was brutal here. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go to Big Poppy, save a couple hundred bucks, get my Pelfrey exposure right there, and uh, dig my uh, dig my home run probability there. Kind of on a related note here, John, you look at the whole slate – do you have a favorite stack that you're going to target? Well, along with it, the Red Sox one is obviously a great one, but I think the uh, the late game tonight, we got San Francisco hosting Cincinnati. Uh, that might not be a bad game to get some exposure to, and it, it's really not overly expensive. I'm taking a look right now. Uh, Duvall's only at 3,400. Jay Bruce, who I believe clubbed two home runs last night, in sort of the misty, cold San Francisco night. I mean, he put, he like crushed them too, like well north of 400 feet. The ball was kind of flying out there a little bit, oddly enough. So I think we have two pitchers tonight that, that can give up the home run. So, you know, uh, Matt Cain and I believe Cody Reed. So rookie that, you know, he's going to be on the road against a really good team. There's, a, there's actually going to be some bats in that game that if you want to kind of go off the beaten path, 
uh, I really couldn't blame you for for aiming for some of the Reds or the Giants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, for my stacks, I like those. For the record, we didn't really touch on that a lot in the hitters, and you bring up some great points there. I think the book, of course, says Red Sox against Pelfrey. Red Sox at home, best offense in baseball. Yeah. Little question about that. You know, if you were if you're if you're Nick Whelan walking up to the blackjack table and asking what does the book say, the dealer <laughs> would tell you Red Sox here. But uh, you know, that's just a, a Vegas side joke there. But uh, uh, the contrarian stack, another one that we didn't mention a lot. I think you could. Definitely separate yourself by going with a lot of angels against Dylan G. At the very least, I'm going to use some of these money-saving options to get Mike Trout in a lot of lineups here tonight. Um, related to that, over-unders, we mentioned this earlier, Tigers-Red Sox 11, Athletics-Rangers 10, Diamondbacks-Brewers 9.5, and, and Rockies-Orioles 9.5. So there's a lot to like in those games here. But uh, real quick before we wrap up here, John, let's say you're doing a GPP tonight and you need a cheap pitcher so you can afford Big Poppy and Hanley Ramirez, maybe, or uh, and get yourself some Mookie Betts, some Mike Trout, even some Donaldson, some Rizzo. If you if you're in that camp here tonight, mm-hmm. uh, you, you're going to have to sacrifice in the pitching, which is not a typically great strategy in cash games. But for your GPPs, you got a cheap pitcher who you think has a chance to go off. Yeah, I mean, anytime that you really one of my like biggest deciding factors in tournament pitchers is always who they're going against and for me Tom Kohler going against uh Philadelphia I really like that a lot especially you know recent history he's basically coming off his best start of the season in which he shut down the Phillies uh over eight innings allowed just two hits uh and one earned run so uh that's a there's a lot to like there Uh, going against Philly uh, is always uh, a pretty solid idea in my mind. So I think Kohler's going to be able to replicate uh, something along those lines. I'm not, I'm not coming out here and saying that Kohler's going to come out and shut him down for over eight innings, but I think he's going to be able to, to get a quality start in there, and he's going to have the chance to get the win. So, uh, you know, a couple those things together, and at 6,900, uh, I really like uh, Kohler a lot. Yeah, for GPPs, of course, we're inherently assuming a great amount of risk here. And in this one, I'm going to take go down almost all the way to the bottom of the list. I actually kind of like Tyler Skaggs at 5,700 at Kansas City. You get a weekend Royals lineup, of course, no Lorenzo Cain, no Mike Moustakis. Alex Gordon isn't quite what he once was here. I mean, you're getting Paulo Orlando in the lineup every single day, Jared Dyson, Christian Colon, Chesler Cuthbert. I mean, this lineup just all the way across is not – they're not the defending World Series champion lineup, that's for sure. No. So, uh, I mean, people see that, and Vegas sees that too, because the Angels are minus 114 road favorites against the defending World Series champion. And I think a lot going into that is the fact, you know, I mentioned the Angels stack tonight. A lot going into those numbers are the fact that they'll be going up against Dylan G. Now, Skaggs, you don't know if he'll pitch deep into this game, but if you take a 32-inning sample size at AAA, he's a 12.5K per nine and a 167 ERA. Jeez. And the FIP's not even too crazy. The FIP's about 2.5, so it suggests that it's relatively sustainable there. So uh, my biggest concern maybe with uh, the injury history of Skaggs is maybe not pitching deep into the game, but I think if he can give you five or six innings and maybe seven or eight strikeouts, that's excellent for $5,700. And, and pretty much, I mean... You, the difference between Skeggs and Salazar, the top price pitcher, is almost like a big poppy difference when you add it up there. Mm-hmm. So you can—that's like a forty-nine hundred. So something to consider here. Uh, before we wrap up, want a quick rundown the weather. Looking pretty clear tonight. Our partners at Forecast IO, as of about three p.m. Eastern, don't have any 
rain in the forecast anywhere. I've seen like a couple 2%, uh, just enough to disregard there. Uh, some maybe light showers in Texas, but other than that, I think it's looking pretty clear. Of course, double check our lineups page before you lock because, we'll, of course, we'll keep you posted there. Well, thank you for listening to the RotoWire Daily Fantasy Podcast brought to you by FanDuel, the leader in one day fantasy sports. Remember that first time FanDuel users that make a deposit of $25 or more via RotoWire can get six months of complimentary access. Otherwise, to check out RotoWire.com on your own, just go to rotowire.com slash pod that's rotowire.com slash pod once again i'm your host jake latarski follow me at jakeski52 and i'm john mckechnie you can follow me on twitter at johnny mckex the rotowire daily fantasy sports podcast will return wednesday with benny and james